You must conquer the wild country to win the race forever. You are an experienced race car driver competing in the first African dual road race rally. You choose your car, meet your navigator, and you're off. You zoom along the wild and rocky road. Soon you come to a wide riverbed. Driving across won't be easy. Suddenly thunder rumbles and raindrops spatter furiously on your car. You have been warned that heavy rain brings flash floods. Should you risk crossing now? If you decide to wait until the storm is over and the danger is past, turn to page 20. If you decide to risk crossing now to save valuable time, turn to page 22. Remember, Africa is a land of mystery, and every mile means danger. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one, but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star of the story. Choose from 32 possible endings. Choose your own adventure, number 17, The Race Forever, by R.A. Montgomery. Illustrated by Ralph Reese. Welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage choose-your-own-adventure books to each other and make generally poor decisions. I'm Jason. I'm Jeremy. Jillian. So, uh, The Race Forever here is, I think, the last R.A. Montgomery one we read. I think I liked okay. The last two R.A. Montgomery books that we read have actually been pretty good. We did um, The Abominable Snowman. Oh, yeah. And House of Danger. Yeah. That actually was a fairly, yeah. yeah so I liked that one. I kind of have high hopes for R.A. now. I'm assuming that he continues on this tra- trajectory. I'm starting to like him more than ever, Packard. So, <laughs> Jason makes weird expressions. Oh, I was reading, there's a quote in the front of the book. Um, it's an old Maasai saying, apparently. Okay. It says, Epwo mba pukin ingutnga. And apparently that translates as everything has an end. Except the race forever, I guess. Maybe. That's the race forever. So, this is another one of the books that I remember from childhood as being a good book. And this book, I think, also has a gimmick in it, where there is an actual way that you can read the book forever. Race right? forever. Yeah, they have set it up so that there's an actual race forever that takes up and that that takes place in the book. Just by sheer number of choices, you just keep wind up going in a circle. How how does it? Because it keeps leading you back to a previous page that you've read. Yes, but where do you get your gas? You don't. You just go on forever. All right. I don't know. Maybe there's pit stops in the book. It's been almost 30 years since I read it, dude. I don't fucking know. We'll find out. Warning. Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures you can have. Competing in the first African dual road race rally. That is a mouthful. Mm Mm-hmm. From time to time, as you read along, you will be able to make decisions and choices. Your choices will determine whether you win 
or lose. Finish the race or not. Your adventures will be the result of your choices. After you make your choice, follow the instructions to see what happens next. There are two separate races in this rally, and they are completely different from one another. After you finish one race, you should drive the other to complete the rally. Be careful. Remember, racing is dangerous. Think before you act, and don't forget that winning is not necessarily finishing the race, nor is finishing the race necessarily winning. Good luck. No, Ari Montgomery getting all Philosophical. existential with us. Yeah. Oh, this, this book has a map, too. That map actually looks like it might be better made than the other ones. It might actually be related to some sort of cartographer uh, drawing instead of freehanding it. Hmm. Got That's a novel. <laughs> looks like uh, Eastern Africa, Eastern section of Africa, Ethiopia, Sudan, Kenya, all that stuff. So... You've been almost too nervous to look out the plane window at the African countryside below. The smiling stewardess leaning over to check your seatbelt jolts you back to reality. We're approaching the airport in Nairobi now. You look out the window. Now you can see the large modern city below. The gently rolling terrain is unlike the Arizona ranch country where you grew up. You remember the cable that brought you here. Congratulations! You have been selected to complete in a series of African road rallies designed to test both the skill of the drivers and the ruggedness of the cars. Good luck, Mr. Twelve-Year-Old. Probably. <laughs> you weren't sure you could handle a race like this, but your dad... Maybe racing in power wheels. That would be awesome. Ooh. Through the African... <laughs> pow, pow, power wheels! <laughs> You weren't sure you could handle a race like this, but your dad poo-pooed that idea. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh. Pooed. He poo-pooed all over it. He put you in your power wheels and said, Get racing, son! No son of mine is going to crap out on an African race in his power wheels! Turn to page two. Oh, my God. Of course you can do it. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I think I'm okay. <laughs> of course you can do it. I taught you everything I know. And he and he knows a lot. They gotta shit on people's dreams. He and his brother were co competition drivers, racing for the Italian Ferrari and Lancia teams during the heyday of the Le Mans. Mm, so apparently we're a rich little shit in this I one. I guess. Ooh. The Mil Migla Miglia? Sure, whatever. Sure. Mm -hmm. And the Nurburger. Would you like me to take a crack at it? Nurburgering. Nurburger Burberer. Yeah, it's Nurburgering. Yeah. The Millamiglia and the Nurburgering. Yeah. I'm so glad you got this instead of me. Yeah, right? Mm. Well, I, I suspect that those are actual real words yeah. for a change. Yeah, I'm assuming they're real races. Not usual of Ari Montgomery, so. So if they are real words and we're slaughtering them, please let us know in the comments section. <laughs> as soon as you could see over the steering wheel of a Jeep, your father began teaching you about cars and driving. 
The hours you spent in Jeeps out on the range and in fast cars on the track your dad laid out behind the barn have paid off. You wish your dad were here with you, but he couldn't come. Some last-minute business forced him to cancel his plane reservation. At the competition headquarters, a large banner proclaiming the first African dual road race rally flaps slowly in a light breeze. People standing in clumps around a long table are talking excitedly. They are the drivers and navigators, the mechanics and the representatives of the companies sponsoring this race. You sign in at the competition desk. Welcome, here's your copy of the rules and regulations. I'm Michael Replu, race chairman. He smiles at you, shakes your hand, and gives you a large bright blue folder that says race kit on the cover. You feel nervous. The other drivers look much older than you and seem very sure of themselves. This... But the other drivers are older than 12 is what he's saying? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. What a concept. Yeah. This rally is special, Replu says. There are actually two races. One tests speed over fast roads in race-prepared cars. The other race, the rough road race, speed counts too but you will be driving off-road vehicles. In each race, you will choose your own course, driving from designated checkpoint to checkpoint until you finish. You will not be racing head-to-head -head with other cars in either race. Instead, you will select cars and be started at half-hour intervals to avoid head-to-head -head racing. The courses are too narrow and sometimes too crowded with animals and people for that. Do you understand? Yes, thanks, I, I understand, you tell him. You will be paired with a navigator co-driver chosen by lot, but that will come in a moment. Now you must choose which race you would like to start with. While you'll take part in both of them, you may decide in which race you would like to drive first. If you'd like to drive the speed race as your first race, turn to page 4. If you drive the rough road race first, turn to page 67. Speed race, so you don't jack your car up before you have to go to the next race. I think there's two. I think yeah, two I different think you, cars. Yeah, I think you oh, you get two, get two different, different cars. cars. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, do you want to get? Do you want to go fast or do you want to go hard? Wow. I can't have both. Nope. I mean, not at the same time. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> She's disenfranchised with the book now. I know. I'm done. <laughs> I'm over it. Next. <laughs> Just kidding. Um. I'm going to go fast. She wants to go fast. I'm fine with that. Let's go fast. The speed race is a difficult event. It's not like the Indianapolis 500. I know how to say that word. Okay. <laughs> there isn't a track that you roar around lap after lap. You will start in Nairobi and travel through Kenya. You'll drive along fairly good roads through game preserves, along flat surfaces in the highlands, and through hilly stretches. Finally, you'll end up back in Nairobi. You will be out on the crossroads at least one night during this race, and possibly two nights depending on what happens. You eye some of your competitors. The German team is dressed in dark blue coveralls with their names in gold lettering over the breast pocket. They look very serious. The team from Zaire is dressed in tan jumpsuits, Though they are smiling, they look every bit as serious as the Germans. Now you are confronted with a choice of two cars for this half of the rally. 
You can choose between a race-prepared Saab 900 Turbo or a race-prepared Lancia Stratos. It's up to you. If you choose the Saab 900 Turbo, turn to page 16. If you choose the Lancia Stratos, turn to page 10. Saab? Sure. Saab. 16 it is. You just like it because it has turbo in the name. I like it because I recognize the fucking... Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the other one makes me think of a Lancer, and it makes me think of Pineapple Express. Yeah, I don't the know day what a, Yeah, I don't know what a Lancia is, but it's probably an actual car, I guess. I he's using suppose. actual cars. You've chosen the Saab 900 Turbo, a very reliable car. As a free agent, you've also chosen a stick with the name of your Navigator co-driver on it. You've picked a yellow stick with the name Zokiel on it. He must be Russian, you think. You are partly right. Zokiel is Russian, but he turns out to be a she. Hey. Zokiel smiles at you, shaking hands, and says, I am pleased to meet up with you. I saw your name in the race reports. <laughs> we will do well together. I am sure of that. You and Zokiel examine the sob carefully. You give particular attention to the tire treads, which have a special pattern to accommodate the sometimes sandy and muddy roads and the rocky tracks you might have to drive. They look good to me. How about you? I think they are fine, Zokiel. Oh, wait. Well, oh. <laughs> I see what I did there. Okay. They look good to me. How about you? I think they're fine, Zokiel. They're like the ones we used back home in Arizona. She suggests you study the map of the course and plan how you will run the race. You know, I've been thinking that Lancia could be a little faster. We might have to go all out. Hmm. You know, I've been thinking <laughs> that Lancia could be a little faster. We might have to go all out to catch up. You nod. Perhaps... But if we go all out, we could run into mechanical trouble. There's the wear and tear of high speed on the car, and those roads are really rough in spots. Let's decide, she says. Shall we start out conservative and count on finishing, or shall we go flat out? If you decide to be more conservative in the race, turn to page 11. If you decide to go flat out, turn to page 13. I say we go all out. Yeah. Go home or go home, bitch. Or go home or go home, bitches. Yeah, go home or go home, bitches. Go big or go home, bitches. It's the only way anybody truly wins. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's push right to the limit. This car can take it. You and Zokiel get the flag from the race committee starters. You slide through the gears until you are running in fourth along a fairly flat stretch at high speed, the very fastest you can go. The car is well-tuned and responds quickly to your driving skills. The hours melt away and the blazing sun dips in the western sky. Fuel is getting low. Maybe it would be good to refuel. You nod to Zokiel and slow the sob down looking for a good spot to pull off the road. Over there, Zokiel says. There is a tree to park under. We need the rest, too. Okay, I see it, you answer. Soon the car comes to a halt beneath a grove of trees close to the road. You get out and stretch your legs to relieve the muscle cramps. Zokiel offers you a canteen with a mixture of tea and sucrose. Sugar? Yeah. So, sugar tea. She offers you sweet tea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
but it's Russian, so you know, they have to. It's Russian sweet tea is is tea at sucrose. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what you call it in America. Probably something much simpler. <laughs> wow, I would like to apologize for all Russian people. <laughs> the extra gas tanks are stored in a rack where the back seat used to be. You hand two of the large red cans to Zokiel. High speed eats up the fuel really fast. Maybe we'll have to slow down a bit, you say. Zokiel is busy pouring the fuel into the tank through a strainer an extra precaution to keep dirt from clogging the fuel line or injectors. Meanwhile, you open the hood to check the oil. The exciting oil checking scene. Uh-oh. I feel like she's going to steal the car. Well, there's a picture of the car being on fire. Ooh. Or Zokiel being on fire. Or both. It looks like both. Some sort of an so. explosion. Static electricity, the silent killer. Yep. <laughs> Zokiel is lifting a jerry can when it slips and hits the ground, spilling gas and spraying it high. Some of the gas hits the exhaust pipe. Immediately it ignites. Boom! Zokiel screams. You throw yourself on top of her and knock her to the ground, smothering the furious flames that have started to burn her jumpsuit. Fortunately, the jumpsuit is flame retardant, or it would probably be completely ablaze now. Zokiel, are you okay? That gas went up so quickly. I'm okay, but my hands and arms really burned. Look, she gasps. You examine the reddened, puffy skin where the burning gas has left its mark. You get out the first aid kit and spread antiseptic cream on the affected area. Zokiel says that she is all right now and insists that you continue the race. You just aren't sure. The burns look pretty bad. The skin is intact. The flames did not penetrate the lower layers of skin, but you think the burns will blister and then could become infected. Also, Zokiel is weakened and she could, could go into shock. What should you do? Leave her. If you decide that Zokiel's burns should be treated, turn to page 23 and head for the last village you passed. If you decide to continue the race, believing that Zokiel is alright, turn to page 26. All right, not uh, all right. I don't really care. I came there, to win. Isn't there a burning car in this scene? There there seemed to be, but <laughs> I guess... I mean, shouldn't we deal with the burning car? I guess it's fine now. Well. Um, uh, fuck. In a real-world situation, I would take her back to the last town. Uh, since this is a book, I'm, I'm not terribly concerned with her well-being, so... Punch it. Yeah, just go. Mm-hmm. Shit, I wanted to leave her ass there and continue so she didn't slow me down. So 26 it is. More than anything else, you want to finish the race. Zokiel's insistence that she is all right and you should go on is enough to convince you. You roar into the cobweb of roads and terrain that make up this part of the speed race. Zokiel. Hey, Zokiel. I don't know where we are. Do you? She looks up wearily from the maps. I'm sorry. I have not been paying attention at all. I don't know where we are either. You drive for hours. You think you're moving in a straight line, but you keep ending up at the same large watering hole. Vultures circle against the sky above you, hoping for the death that signals a feast. Throw him so kale. For you, for you two, the race is definitely over. You are really lost. 
It will take all of your time and effort now to get out of the maze you are in. Good luck. The end. And then it also says turn to page 67 to start the rough road race. If you want to do that. Or if you want to make a different choice for this. Uh, really? She got burned. And we got, got lost. And now so, it's the end of yeah, that race. Of that race. So the proper That's choice. Obnoxious. I guess the proper choice there was to pick the other one. Right. Find her help, whatever. Ugh, so whatever. Well, if you want to go do that, we can. But okay, they're punishing us for being a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Technically speaking, this is not the end, though. Yeah. We, it, it they just meant us, the end of this race. Well, right, yeah. but it instructs us to go on to the next race. So we should view yeah. this as a continuation of the story and not yeah. the end of the... Or we go back and make a choice again. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I would keep going. So you want to go to the rough road? Yes. Okay. Doot, doot, doot. I'm flipping pages in the mic. <laughs> Dweedly dee. <laughs> Jer loves it so much. I'll just let this be edited out so I don't know to it. <laughs> All right. While you are waiting in line at the race committee table to go through the paperwork for the rough road race, you notice the sign over the officials' heads. Be careful. Watch out for animals, bad roads, snakes, and fatigue. This race will test your skill, stamina, and nerves. Although it isn't anywhere near as fast as the speed race, it is still full of hazards. Michael Replu motions you over to the table. It's time to choose now. What will it be? You can drive a British Land Rover or a Japanese Toyota. The other cars are already spoken for. Land Rover? Hell yeah. Land Rover it is. You choose the British Land Rover. As you walk over to the garage to check its preparation, you meet your co-driver. You glance at your wrist chronograph. Only three hours until you're scheduled to start. Where the fuck did that come from? Don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is an Ari Montgomery book. It's a chronograph. <coughs> What, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking watch. A chronograph is a time timeograph. You don't, you don't have a chronograph? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he did just say watch. <laughs> Only three hours till you're scheduled to start. The paperwork with the officials took longer than you expected. You're hoping to get a navigator you can work well with. There are a lot of details to iron out before the start, and not much time to do so. All you know about your navigator is the name on the stick you selected, Eduardo. At the garage, a long steel Quonset hut, a mechanic in greasy coveralls, points out your car. Your rover, a red one with a white top, is jacked up in the air. One mechanic is busy with a grease gun under the car. Another, waving a large wrench around, is having an involved conversation with someone wearing a driver's suit. His back is to you. That must be your co-driver. It sure looks like the Eduardo you know, but can it be? It is. A Russian woman. Oh. Named Eduardo. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he would have let you know he was going to be here. The mechanic with the wrench smiles and waves. The driver talking to him turns around. It is Eduardo. You and Eduardo have driven together before, and you work well as a team. Hello, my friend. My hands are healed now. 
<laughs> in addition, Eduardo has had lots of experience on rough roads, driving Jeep tours in the Colorado Rockies. You and Eduardo hug each other heartily. Turn to page 70. Wait, we hug. Oh, there's a picture of you hugging. We hug each other hardly? Heartily. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's a weird... Good old you and Eduardo. That is the most awkward side hug I've ever seen in my life. Well, he has... Eduardo has to establish dominance by hugging you over the top to prove that he's True. the alpha male. Well, there you go. That's how that goes. What are you doing here, you ask him? Why didn't you let me know? I'm trying to think if Eduardo has an accent. <laughs> yes, he has a Russian woman's accent. I don't think. Oh he yes, he does. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. I just, I just got here this morning. Eduardo answers. I didn't know I'd be here myself. His voice becomes quieter. I'm substituting for somebody who was killed in one of the races. Then his face brightens. Enough of that. We'll save the rest of the explanations for later. We have lots of work to do. How's the car, you ask Eduardo. In good shape. Hank and Bill are almost done. All the mechanical systems check out. Hank is finishing the chassis grease job. And Bill and I are having a little argument about what weight motor oil to use. You listen to the argument for a few minutes. Decide Bill is right and tell him to get on with it. Then you and Eduardo sit down with the maps and discuss routes, speed strategies, and what supplies and spare equipment to take. Before you know it, the starter has dropped the flag and you and Eduardo are off. You have decided to take a paved road out of Nairobi for eight miles or so, and then head off into the wilds. But you don't get more than four miles out of the city before you spot trouble ahead. A wooden barricade lies across the road, and soldiers in khaki are standing stiffly at attention. You stop near the barricade and consult with the colonel there. He tells you in a stiff British accent that the route you want to take is blocked by thousands of drought refugees from the south. He says you might be able to continue the way you've planned, but that an alternate route he traces on the map may be better. If you decide to continue on your original route, turn to page 74. If you decide the colonel's route is better, turn to page 77. So the option here is continue the race as we're doing it, continue the race in a different route, and not help refugees. Uh, yeah. Not even give a shit about refugees. Yeah, They're no. just something that's yeah. in our way. Yeah. You're, you're mm. racing. That's interesting. <laughs> You're racing. You don't give a shit about refugees. Well, I mean, why don't we barrel right through them and grab some tiki torches? I hear that's a popular way to go. I think that's option one. <laughs> yeah, it might be. So maybe option two then? Yeah, let's take the colonel's route. All right. We don't follow the. We don't want to see poor people. Follow uh, the. Yeah. Follow the strange old man's advice and take the shortcut. Got it. Yep. I mean, he is called the colonel. Mm-hmm. The colonel's argument. Maybe there'll be some tasty chicken at the end. <laughs> the colonel's argument for taking another route is persuasive. After some consultation with him over your map, you turn the rover around and head back a short way down the road, looking for the dirt track the colonel's described to you. It's a dirt road. Too. Of course it is. 
In the rearview mirror, you Does can... Does Africa have hillbillies? I'm thinking that might be the next step. In the rearview mirror, you can see the colonel waving goodbye. <laughs> Later, bitches. <laughs> a very interesting air of finality to it. Not more than half a mile back, the colonel had said. Turn left at the baobab tree. Whatever that is. The track is not well marked, but you should be able to find it. The tree appears right on schedule. The road seems to be nothing more than two barely worn tracks in the grass, but the colonel called it quite passable and said it led directly to the river crossing you were headed for. The road is even better than the colonel promised. Before you know it, you are at the river crossing. I wish the colonel had gone over our whole route with us, Eduardo says, <laughs> turning around to turning around to look back at the road you've just driven. I that, love the colonel. I wish he could have come with us. That road was great. Can you take us back and drop me off? I'm going to stay with the colonel now, okay. says Eduardo. <laughs> Maybe that was great, but this isn't. Eduardo whips around to see what you're talking about. In the middle of the river, you see the ferry taking passenger car across to the other side. It will be close to half an hour before you can get a ride across. What makes it worse, though, is that the passenger on the ferry, which holds only one car, is a blazer. Ugh, fucking blazers. <laughs> the car is driven by the team from Libya. The blazers started before you did, and you are not racing head-to-head. -head. But it is still infuriating to see your competition in front of you. Eduardo correctly points out that if you've come up on the blazer, you're ahead in the race and can afford to wait for the ferry. On the other hand, if you head down the riverbank then strike off for the next crossing, you may gain even more time. If you decide to not wait for the ferry and head toward the next crossing, turn to page 93. If you decide to wait for the ferry, turn to page 95. So, really, we're trying to figure out if Ari Montgomery is going to punish us for being impatient. Yes. I want to take the damn ferry. Right. This one or the other one? Yeah, there's another crossing, and that's... I want to... I don't... Damn it. Well, do you want to hang out for a half hour? Yes. Which... Okay. Right. I don't want to hang out for a half hour, though. No? I'm willing to let this one go by. Okay. And then I will just... Say, um... I told you so. Well, yeah, I mean, I could do that, but I'll, I'll wait for the next choice that we have a disagreement, and then I'll just bring this back up again. All right, Mary. Right. Mm. <laughs> 95. You decide to wait for the ferry. As you watch it progress across the river, you... You die of old age. The end. Thanks, Jill. You're welcome. <laughs> you see that it's going faster than you thought it could. Maybe you won't lose all the time you made up after all. While you and Eduardo are waiting, you decide to grab a bite to eat. There is a food vendor near the ferry landing, and from him you buy several plantains, a type of banana, that he fries for you in palm oil heated in a metal drum over a wood fire. You also buy some hot tea with honey. Sweet tea? <laughs> I wonder if there's sucrose in it. <laughs> and with some... And with some crackers and cheese from your supplies, you make a fine meal. By the time you are finished eating, the ferry has returned and you drive aboard. 
The ferryman chocks the wheels of the Land Rover and starts his little outboard motor. The ferry heads out through the shallows to the deeper water near the other side. Just as you get into deeper water, about a third of the way across, there is a muffled explosion. The ferry immediately lists to starboard. So we're being punished for being patient. That sucks. Punished for having a decent meal. The ferryman starts screaming and swearing. You and Eduardo run to, to the starboard side and lean over. Eduardo sniffs the air carefully. Plastique. Our competitors appear to be playing dirty. Go to page 96. <laughs> so they, they put a bomb on the motor for the ferry because they're dicks. Those were the Libyans. So yeah. I mean, are they dicks or are they playing smart? Well, the Libyans are the ones that killed Doc Brown, right? Yeah. Because he stole the he stole from Yeah. Him. Fucking Libyans. Yeah. Will we stay afloat to the other side, you ask? Doesn't look like it. The explosive blew out most of the flotation. We'd be lucky to make it back to the shore we left, let alone the rest of the way across. Let's go back. Even if we don't make it all the way back, we'll be all right. The water is shallow there, and if we can't drive the rover out, we can winch it out. You explain to the ferryman with gestures and by pointing that you wanted him to return to the shore you left. He refuses and seems even more scared at the thought of going back than sinking in the middle. You're sure he won't go back because he's afraid he'll lose his fare. You promise him you'll pay him anyway, but it is no use. He won't turn around. You don't want to lose the car. You must act quickly. If you decide to overpower the ferryman and head back to the shallows, turn to page 106. If you decide the ferryman is right in continuing into deeper water, turn to page 113. If he's worried about his fare, just give him his fare now. Why isn't that an option? Yeah. Just go, here's the money, turn around and go back. Yeah. So we 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 beat up an old man yep. and steal his boat. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or... We lose our car. Yep. We beat up an old man. <laughs> yeah, it looks like we're beating up an old man. Hell yeah. All right, old man. There's no way we'll make it to the other side, you tell Eduardo. We'll lose the car, not to mention maybe our lives. We've got to take control. Again, you try to convince the ferryman to turn around, but he looks even more scared this time. You signal Eduardo, who sneaks up on the man from behind and knocks him out with a monkey wrench. Oh my god, that's Jesus, okay. <laughs> You brain an old man to death. Oh my god, I'm so recommending this book. <laughs> Quickly, you turn the ferry I did around. I remember it being one of the good ones. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> good lord. Yes. <laughs> No wonder I was such a violent child. <laughs> yeah, blame uh, Ryan Montgomery. Yep. yep. Quickly, you turn the ferry around and head back. At first, it looks as if you'll make it, but then, with a sigh of escaping air, the ferry settles into the water. Although the current is fast, the water is only about four feet deep. You're quite sure you can the rover out of the river winch? That's not written right. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it should say 
You're quite <laughs> sure you can winch the rover out of the river. You're right. You're you're sure you can rover the wind. <coughs> You're quite um, sure. You're quite sure you can the rover out of the river winch. <laughs> That's how it's written. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. But yes, basically, uh, we think we're going to be able to winch out. Yes. First, though, you have to get the unconscious ferryman ashore. As you and Eduardo are carrying him, you hear splashes near the riverbank. Crocodiles. That's what the ferryman was afraid of, not losing his fare. You and Eduardo scramble to get ashore, but it's too late. The last thing you ever see is a crocodile's tail flying toward you. After you're safely stashed underwater by the crocodiles for a few weeks, they'll devour you slowly, piece by piece. The end. <laughs> and that is not a continuation. That nice. is a the end. You guys found the end in the race forever. Yeah, we did. I like it. Because it looks like many of them actually do yeah. continue the race. Um, so I think that's the mechanic they use to have the race forever sort yeah. of a thing going on. Yeah, you have options. I mean, flipping through, there's other options that are the end. Yeah. But then there's other options that are the end. Now go to this race. Now go to this race. Right. So that's that's how you kind of do it, I guess. Well, uh, I think I'm good with that. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Um, I yeah. I I think that's. I still enjoy that book. Yeah. I think it's got some good stuff in it. Um, I think I think R. R. Montgomery's getting it done. Um, yeah, uh, there's still still definitely uh, could be you know one of those books that that I wouldn't mind like going back and reading more and yeah. checking out other other options. So yeah, I I think it's a pretty good book. I liked it. I yeah. thought it was awesome. Yeah. It's been and, one of my favorite we, ones so far. And we actually. died by crocodile, so I mean, and we hit some old dude with a monkey wrench. With a monkey wrench, lit some chick on fire. Yeah. yeah, we were just all sorts of vicious in this book. Shit, this is a good weekend. <laughs> I forget what we say now. Let me just recommend. Uh, check that. out, yeah, if you want to check out other choose your own adventure books or whatever, go to. <laughs> I think they specifically do choose your own Oh, that's it. Yeah, okay. I think so. Right. Go check out uh, cyoa.com. And if you want to check out more stuff from us, go uh, check out stupendosaurusrex.com. Uh, I've been Jason. Jillian. I'm Jeremy. Bye. Bye.